just walking around the building because we had this giant party in the radio station last night, and um, there's food left over, right? And there's just a certain crowd that is very excited about last night's leftover food, hmm. and a certain crowd that's just walking by it. But uh, I'm the eat leftover food guy. But, I uh, certainly don't look down on it. I've eaten my share. <laughs> Not uh, good. They used to call me the donut whisperer. <laughs> yes, Joe would bring a donut back to life, no matter how stale. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had techniques. <laughs> I have methods. Is it like alchemy-based technology? What was the... It involves just a little sprinkle of water and a microwave oven, Sean. <laughs> and a donut that was thought to be dead is back to life. It's a sick enough. Having saved 60 entire cents from getting a new donut, well, he now eats the four-day-old donut. That was back when I didn't have the 60 cents. Yeah, I understand. Um, so we brought you this story yesterday, and it, uh, it struck us as striking. How do you like that? <laughs> wow. Easy to see how you got this gig. Um, so the number of undergraduates in college who describe themselves as overwhelmingly anxious, reporting overwhelming anxiety, and uh, back in 1985, when they first started checking this, it was 18%, which I'm actually surprised it was that high. I'm sure it varies from college to college. Find it hard to believe where I was going to college that 18% of the students would have said they were suffering from overwhelming anxiety. Um, but it was 18% in 1985. It has been climbing over the years. It is now, last year, and I'm sure it's higher this year, 62% of undergraduates report overwhelming anxiety in the previous school year. Wow. And go to the school clinic or whatever and say, I got a problem. I from need some help. 18% to 62%. And again, that was last year. And the way the trajectory is so high on this chart, I'm thinking it's got to be high 60s this year. Wow. That is shocking. So, so it should be two out of three. So we talked about this yesterday. And my theory on the rise was that We've gone in a very short time in this country from a, a culture that wor- respects and encourages and, and pats on the back uh, strength, self-reliance, resilience, that sort of thing, the pioneer spirit, blah, 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 to a country that, that lauds and rewards victimization. The way you get attention and love and everything else on a college campus today is to howl that I'm a victim. I'm a victim of something, be it a microaggression or anxiety or whatever. We glorify victimhood in today's culture. And I stand by that as an explanation of most of the rise. In, of reported overwhelming anxiety. But we did get a, a number of really interesting emails making some great points. As I was talking about yesterday, I, I don't know if I... Uh, I wouldn't want to ever say that, and I'm not sure it's ever been true in my life, that I've had overwhelming anxiety. I don't know what that's supposed to feel like, but uh, that's a hell of a situation to be in. And now yeah. we have two out of three <clears throat> college students when your life is probably... Well, not probably... Long picture, you don't know it at the time, but it's 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 it, 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 it that's not the hardest part of your life going to college, right? And and you know, I find myself wondering: Do they mean anxiety as in conscious intellectual stress over circumstance, or do they mean like in an anxiety disorder where all of a sudden you're gripped by weird animal fear 
Um, and well, anybody who has an anxiety disorder knows what it feels like, um, which is different from circumstance related stress. They can feed each other, certainly. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Regardless, right. um, the fact that the interpretation from college students has changed so much in such a short period of time. So some really good thoughts um, and really well-considered thoughts um, from folks, some that agreed with the premise, some that were pointing out uh, very, very, very different factors. Uh, John writes, the whole play the victim farce hit a high point with the uh, Don Imus and the Rutgers, quote, nappy-headed hose fiasco. Which was an inexcusable thing for him to say. It was just he, that was a radio host who made a terrible comment and uh, lost a lot of his uh, job over that. Yeah, well, he ended didn't up he end fine. Up, yeah, he ended. He, didn't he get they millions? They had to buy out his contract. Yeah, yeah, because his contract said he could say crazy, outrageous things. But, um, you know, there's uh, all humor has a victim. Think about it. I'm not going to explain it to you, but you choose your victims carefully. Um, you know, don't give it to people who have it coming, not. You know, plucky young college basketball players. Anyway, regardless of what happened to Imus, the quote-unquote victims were literally the biggest, strongest women on campus. They'd won the intense competition through high school AAU gauntlets to get a basketball scholarship to a top Division One program. But when the scandal hit, they were told they had to go on TV and cry about how devastated they were and how they could not face life. So instead of saying, F you, Imus, who cares what some stupid old white ex-drunk says, they cried and begged for someone to protect them against the horrid world where bad words are said. So we tell the strongest women to cringe and play the weakest victims. This is the culture that leads to everything causing pervasive anxiety. I think there's some truth to that. I don't love your example, John, but I see what you're driving at. On the other hand. There should be a little more uh, whenever something negative is said your way. And again, it's words. It's words. It's not fists. It's not bullets. It's words. A lot of these cases. Uh, just criticize, well, who gives a crap what you think should be the response more often, as opposed to the, I don't feel safe and I need a coloring book. Right, exactly. Uh, Ace writes, um, and, and I'm working my way upward to, a, to what I think are the best points. No offense to anybody, but uh, Ace writes. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ace, you didn't quite make it. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. It's good. Wasn't it Joe Getty who said that if this young generation realized that they're on the hook for the enormous national debt racked up by the previous generations, they would be storming Washington, D.C. with pitchforks? Well, a lot of them do realize that, and they are not happy about it. Ace, I appreciate the compliment. (laughs) Um, I, I wish more young people were aware of it. Just a lot of them realize they'll be graduating from college. $100,000 $100,000 in debt to student loans that they'll be starting out their lives already stuck in a hole they might not ever, ever be able to pull themselves out of. Just as they realize there's no housing available for a lot of them, just finding any kind of roof over their head, something most previous generations took for granted is a Herculean task that's beyond the scope of many of them. On top of that, the media and their education system spews this toxic poison at them 24 7 constantly telling them that the only reason they're successful is because of their white privilege and because of their white racism that exploits and abuses all the other races. I would point out that then the same system tells anybody of any color whatsoever that they don't have a single chance because of the white devil. Um, and they think, and you think that they're depressed because of their friggin' cell phones? Um, yeah, actually, I do. I think social media has actually had a terrible, terrible effect on young people. I like this text. Was this question about anxiety asked before or after they finished their fourth Red Bull? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, tip of the cap, my friend. And it's some excellent, gentle sarcasm. Uh, Anna writes, guys, I heard the story you did today about undergrads uh, feeling overwhelmingly anxious. 
This hits close to home. I have two daughters in high school. Both are on Prozac, one to treat anxiety the other and panic attacks, the other to treat her depression and self-harm issues. We are not snowflake parents. We do not mollycoddle our kids. We are an intact family. I stay at home. On the flip side, we do not put undue pressure on them to excel in academics or sports. We've tried to raise children with a good moral compass and compassion. My point is the issue is deep and complex. I wish there were a simple simple answer to what has happened to this generation. You both had some great insights, and I hope you continue to explore this on the air. Love the show. Don't change a thing. Well, we have to hope it's something like uh, attitudes, cell phones, Red Bull, something like that. We we hope it is. Because if it turns out it's just something we're all being born differently. Or absorbing through our skin from the chemicals around us or whatever. Then we got a serious problem. Yeah. I hope it's something discoverable yeah. and curable and deal withable. So I wanted to point out, and I felt bad that I hadn't made this clear yesterday, because... You know, one thing I'm pretty proud of about our family is we're pretty honest about our mental health situations. And I'm talking about our extended family. Cause, uh, and, and you know what? It's funny. I hesitate to say this, and it's stupid because it applies to every family in America. Not every single one of us in my family uh, is without our struggles, mental health-wise. Um, you know, I come from a family of musicians and <laughs> artists and, you know, creative types, so it's no, you know, shock, but... Um, I should have made clear that there are a certain number of people who seriously have just genetically, they're born with whatever, uh, anxiety, disorders, depression problems, et cetera, et cetera, and they fight a really brave fight, and, and God bless you, I'm rooting for all of you. I think a lot of it is overblown because of the cultural reasons that we were talking about before. But if I if I seem to suggest that it was all like some sort of phony effort to get attention, uh, I apologize for that, because that's not what I meant. I don't think you suggested that. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, but it was a sin of omission. I, I think I should have pointed that out. But uh, one of my many problems is sometimes I can't gather all my thoughts together in one place. Well, I'll say something mean, then. Good. We've got a whole bunch of We've... young people who are never going to be able to deal with real life. Right. Somehow they've been led to believe that they were going to be rock stars or actresses or something like that. I don't know what. Life was going to be easy. They're going to be rich. They're going to be famous. They're never going to encounter any hurdles or whatsoever. And as the first sign of resistance, right. they fall apart. Right. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, it's... Uh... Will you get a trophy? And you get a trophy? That's some of that's, And that's... we're not keeping score? And it's right. And it's not just the trophies, obviously. And I know you know that, Sean. It's a culture that yields up the idea that why don't we give everybody a trophy and half a kids graduate with straight A's or whatever that stat is. But we were talking at length and maybe missed the segment about um, uh, the tripling of the suicide rate among 10 to 12 year old little girls, which is and this is like in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Tripling of the suicide rate. And there are many statistics that are almost that disturbing, um, having to do with uh, tweens and teens uh, and, and, and girls and boys, more horrifyingly girls. And it has to do with the constant feedback loop of approval and disapproval of social media and the social media designed to reward you for being into it every single day. You know, I'm a, I'm a grown man and a stubborn son of a bitch, and so it's tough for me to relate to a, a tween girl who's obsessed with being on Snapchat today because I can't break my string of being on Snapchat because all those social media networks, and some of them I, I'm actually familiar with, they give you rewards for doing things. And I look at them and I think, 
Rewards? What do you mean reward? Number one, you gave me a little badge on some website? What are you talking about? Plus, I sir, click away from it. I don't care. Plus, they're immersed in a, a culture where all their friends are doing it, and it's always been that right. way in their lives. And, right. it, and it doesn't work to sit somebody down and say, this is stupid what you're doing. Forget about it. I mean, but it's just fe- not going to work. But that feedback loop of approval and disapproval, sooner or later, they desperately need the approval because they get it every single day and damn near every minute of every day, except when a teacher is vigilant enough to make them put away their smartphones. And the disapproval thing, if you're that vulnerable, and that's a vulnerable time of life, it's devastating. But it happens, I mean, you you just couldn't get that much disapproval for the first several million years of human existence. There was no way to get it. You'd have to run a gauntlet of verbal abuse in your tribe every single day, and it's difficult to, uh, to figure out why they would bother doing that when they're antelope to hunt. So you saved the best emails? Uh, I've got a bunch of great texts. We can keep this conversation going if you'd like. Yeah, uh, we have some really good stuff after the break, too. Text and- line is 415-295-KFTC. So did you just say that uh, kids are both getting, uh, everybody's get straight A's and gets a trophy for everything while getting more negative feedback than anybody's ever gotten in history? I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. There you go. That's pretty interesting. That's one of my best friends. Uh, yes. Yeah, simultaneously, half of uh, high school kids have an A average, and SAT scores are dropping precipitously. What are we doing to these kids? Yeah. More on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. C-R-N in the Berkeley area. I'm reading a text, obviously, because that's not true for me. And I don't think that field exists. (laughs) And I made up a word. I'm an endoscopy R-N in the Berkeley area. The number of 20-somethings who come in for abdominal pain that has no physiological causes has definitely increased over the last few years. Students at UC Berkeley are so stressed out that it makes them feel physically ill. They go through colonoscopy and endoscopy, which all come up normal. They usually end up with a prescription for anti-anxiety meds, or they self-medicate with marijuana. Mm. Uh, Fitting in with the study that's out about the, what is it, five times now? It's quintupled since the mid-80s, the number of college students who are overwhelmingly uh, anxious. Well, three and a half, certainly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's 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 just it, why would that happen? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, we're and, all guessing, of course. And as we often say, very few things are only one thing. Simple uh, simple solutions or answers to complex questions almost never exist. But uh, I enjoyed this note from Dan. I thought it was very uh, well observed. Oh, oh. Speaking of which, I have a, a whistleblower email uh, about the situation in Niger. That is quite interesting. Has nothing to do with the president or that awful, awful congresswoman. But stay tuned for that. Love your show. Discovered you about two and a half years ago. Been listening to you every morning ever since. Thank you very much, Dan. We appreciate that. Uh, I'll keep this short and uh, sweet, though as I write this, I feel like it could be a great start to a doctoral thesis. 
First, my history, for whatever it's worth. I'm 34 years old, a combat veteran, still in the reserves, college graduate with highest honors, and currently in upper-level management. In my humble opinion, most humans are not designed for what is being thrown at them on a daily, no, hourly basis in 2017. Yeah. In the past, world leaders, crazy successful businessmen, CEOs, military generals, etc., have all had to deal with and account for things coming at them from 12 different directions, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. In the past, it was understood that only 1 in 100,000 or 1 in a million could handle this type of stress slash constant stimuli requiring total use of every faculty just to get through the day. Well, and handle it, maybe you mentally handle it, but they're, you know, presidents age like dogs, not like normal human beings because they're taking in all the stress. Right. Today, everyone is expected to cope with this reality or be deemed a Luddite or an imbecile. What's coming at us nowadays is obviously cell phones, constant contact, emails, text messages, social uh, networks, cloud computing, uh, social networking required by your co- employer, the expectation to spend 80 hours a week at the office, etc. I'm neither a Luddite nor an imbecile. However, I'm even I am beginning to find it on a difficult, difficult on a daily basis, sorry, just to deal with what is being thrown at me from corporate America. That is why I've decided to move my family to Idaho and turn to turning wrenches for a living. I just thought you all might find a different perspective interesting. Thanks, guys. No, thank you, Dan. I think we may have hit this right before the uh, before we took a break. Let me get this straight. This texter said, schools and parents are telling kids they're perfect superstars. Their peers and social media trolls are bombarding the, them with how crappy they are, and we wonder why they're schizophrenic. All at 30 times the level of daily input a generation ago. It was funny. I remember the day. I guess we were taking phone calls at that point, or... Might have been an email. But we talked to somebody, corresponded with somebody who was, I think, 24, who said 19-year-olds right now are really, really weird. We, at my age group, can't relate to them at all and find it really difficult to communicate and interact with them. And it was precisely the cutoff of iGen, which the, the, the writer who we were quoting last week was talking about. Or I guess it was early this week. Um, the generation that grew up their entire life with uh, social networking and smartphones. Smartphones existed and were in hand when they were, it was certainly when they hit three years old. And people who are only a couple years older than them. I mean, you think I think about hanging out with my friends who are a few years older than me and their older brothers and sisters. And they may have been a little more serious about life than I was at that point. But we could absolutely communicate and understand each other's lives. And the idea that there was that stark a cutoff, which is the premise of the, the piece in the Atlantic, which we had linked under hot links. We still do at armstrongandgettyradio.com. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you. And Mark Zuckerberg... Is, is becoming a zillionaire, and, and, and all the social network guys are becoming uh, trillionaires and are selling you all sorts of great products and the rest of it, and I think we are damaging the psyches of, of our children. Aren't we all in agreement on this, though? I, th- I think most of society's in agreement on this. I, I think you've got the agreed and the unaware, but I don't think anybody disagrees. I've no. never heard anybody come to, th- well, well, b- good point. I've never heard anybody offer even the the thinnest counter-argument. Oh, no, 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 I think it's good for kids. I've never heard those words uttered by anyone. Or even for adults, everybody I know feels like they'd be better off if they spent less time on their phone yeah. doing all that stuff. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. Crack monkeys. It's just a combination of uh, 
yeah, our brains, um, the social pressure and, and, and job pressure to, to stay on the damn things, I guess. I, I, let me try to uh, offer a, somewhat of a pushback against it. I, I agree that social media and too much attention to the smartphone is bad, but I don't know how you get rid of that without also getting rid of the fact that I've got the truth in my pocket, right? Like the it, truth is in your pocket. I, I, I can I can verify, research, find out. It, it is so much harder to be lied to as an individual these days than it ever has been in the past. I disagree. <laughs> no, for, I disagree. For, for, for Misinformation who, now makes it around the world in yep. ways dreamed of a right. generation and, and a simple Google search can disprove most of these these things. If, if you're, is that what you see around you? No, I'm talking about the individual. If, right. if, yeah. So the, the responsible well, user no. right, who, who is able to, to fact-check, do their homework on the news, get the information... And having that freedom of information, I don't know how you separate that from well, the, you'd the downsides better, of social media. You'd better. I try to differentiate for myself between when I'm like read, like I said the other day, when I'm reading a uh, newspaper article to try to find out what's going on in the world or whatever, reading a book, and just checking my phone to fill a tiny little void. I try to differentiate between the two. Right. One I'm perfectly okay with. I have no problem with me reading the news. Who's ever been criticized for reading the newspaper too much? Who feels like their their lives were ruined, that our parents... My dad used to come home and they'd sit on the chair and put the recliner up and open up the newspaper. Read it cover to cover. I've never felt like that there was anything wrong with that. That's fine. It's the one I'm picking up my phone just because... I got two seconds of boredom going on. That's a problem. Well, and though you and I may be half nuts, we're talking about fully formed psyches. We're not talking about nine-year-old little oh, no. girls, Sean. That's who... excellent point. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, so I, <laughs> I, no, yeah, I, totally, I was talking about adults. And, I, yeah, yeah. I totally see your point, but if you go to the library to read and every single time you go there you get stabbed, I, I maintain, I uh, understand that the library is a wonderful resource, but I'm tired of getting stabbed. i got to get this under control because, uh, like I've said, if my kids looked at their phones when we're together as much as I do, I would be bothered by it. I, I wouldn't I, actually I wouldn't allow it. I'd tell them put your phone yeah, down I wouldn't allow and it. respect your dad. I wouldn't allow it. Right. I wouldn't say that to your kids. <laughs> I was picturing my kids. But I'm doing it. So. <laughs> Joe, first of all, why are you at my house? <laughs> Secondly, stop yelling at my children. This has turned really weird. <laughs> this is weird. You weren't invited. <laughs> now speaking of lighting the mood, if I might and I meant to mention this yesterday, and I was kicking myself because I am actually into the cosmos, the stars, the planets, etc. I even have an app to track the, the you know the movement of Very the heavenly nice. bodies. Mm-hmm. If you had looked last night, you could have seen Uranus with your naked eye. <laughs> well, I have a series of mirrors installed in my house, so I can pull that off anytime I want. Are you but... proud of yourself, Joe? <laughs> Yeah, with selfie sticks, people, you know, that's like an everyday thing. <laughs> no, you misunderstand me. The planet, and this is very rare, was visible to the naked eye last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm, which direction? Over was it was it colored? Or was it any color? Or was it just a white? Actually, I know very little about yeah. it. Because, like, when you see Venus, it's kind of pinkish, reddish. But it was cloudy where I lived, so it didn't so look I'm like asking anything. what color is Uranus is what I'm asking. <laughs> well. Yeah, so let's, let's just move on. <laughs> Let's just move on. Thank you, folks. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, President Trump cheering massive tax cuts are on the way. Or are they? Atmospheric rivers are flowing over the West once again. And America, can you change a flat tire? Do you even have a spare? The facts will shock you. 
Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Again, the, more anxiety. The atmospheric river. I remember being big on that. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what it was. Well, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So let me be and I'll set you Month's Playboy will feature its first transgender centerfold. Oh, good. <clears throat> so we got that working for us. God. Is, there you go. All right. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is promising tax cuts the biggest yes! in the history of our country. Fantastic. Following the Senate passage of a $4 trillion budget outline. Now, the budget plan lays the groundwork for action on that tax overhaul Republicans hope to push through by the year's end. The budget framework allows Republicans to get tax legislation through the Senate without Democratic votes. Now, Democrat Bernie Sanders was making it very plain what he thinks of the budget budget outline. This is not a bad budget bill. It is a horrific budget bill, an extremely cruel bill, and the most unfair budget ever presented in the modern history of our country. Positive, Sean. What did Gary Kasparov, former Soviet dissident and chess master, say recently? Uh, You are better off with the failures of capitalism than the successes of socialism. Hear, hear, Gary. Hear, hear. Now, the actual tax... Checkmate, Bernie Sanders. The actual... Wow! Excellent chess humor. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Michael. It should be pointed out the actual tax reform legislation is still being written, so its passage is not guaranteed. Northern California wildfire is responsible for at least a billion dollars in damages. It looks like, though, the deadly fires should all be contained early next week. We had a quick uh, moving rainstorm that came in to help the fight overnight. Meanwhile... I wasn't expecting that. Um, Here's a picture... To, hate to interrupt the real news, uh, yeah. Marshall. Here's the first transgender centerfold. I don't want to. Why? No, look at no. Look at Joe recoiling hate. Wow. Yeah, he's hot. She's 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 yes. She's hot. Um, but you know, if you're if you're if you're skinny and have a good looking face, right. you can dress up in any manner of clothing and still be attractive, right? Well, and that photo has been massively retouched, <laughs> guaranteed. Can we get back to the atmospheric yeah, river I warnings? I suppose we could. All right. Oregonians. You're just mad because you hit on a girl in a bar last night and turned out she had a package. Oregonians. At least that's what I hear. Oregonians, brace yourselves for what's being called an atmospheric river moving in over the Pacific Northwest. At least two inches of rain in Portland over the weekend. Up to six inches of rain, though, in other parts of the uh, northwest. The Atmospheric River is the name meteorologists have given a slow-moving, concentrated channel of moisture in the air, producing heavy downpours. (laughs) Thank you for that, Michael. Indeed. And, you know, it turns out 20% of drivers can't change a flat tire, but many don't have a spare anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah, we just got a text from somebody who says, I have a Prius. I have no spare. Right. There's a tire repair kit. Well, okay. Tire repair. So, how long would it take to repair my tire? Oh, it's a bike, and then air it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Usually, they give you, you know, a, a, a portable, uh, hmm. you know, inflator, a little can, can, yeah. can of uh, air thing. Right. Right. 
AAA says 30% of new cars sold today don't come with a spare tire. AAA what is percentage? 30%. Really? 30%. You know, I'm not sure I have one. I've got to check. I think I may have opted for a subwoofer instead. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> AAA is suggesting new car or new car shoppers should always ask if the car they're interested in comes with a spare. If it doesn't, you should buy one. I have a reasonable commute. I yep. have a couple of kids, yep. so I do a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. I've had one flat tire in the last 25 years, so I'm not sure this is that much to worry about. I've, I think my last one was probably 18 years ago, something like that. So it's God. not exactly like something you deal with all the time. Wait a minute. I've had four flat tires in the last five years. What are you doing? <laughs> Where do you just, drive, Fallujah? Just driving back and forth to work. <laughs> our friend Anton uh, had one the other day, yeah. but he drives an yeah. old heap. What happens? Now, I got on our RV trip, I didn't yeah. mention this on the air, got yeah. one on the way there and on the way back oh, in my. the RV. Oh. Oh, what? Which is really a drag. But it's got duallys on the back so I could keep going. Oh, yeah. First flat tire right by a Walmart. Pulled in. They fixed it while we did our shopping we had to do anyway. The cops that were chasing you and threw down the tax strip (laughs) didn't see you, so you pulled out. On the way back, flat tire right Right. next to an exit where you had one of those tire places. I pulled in. We walked across the street, had lunch, came back, drove off. It was not even the slightest inconvenience. You you had those duallys. Not everybody's got the duallys. Now, if you don't have that, then you got got problems. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starting Getty Show, the voice of the West. I'll teach my kids how to change the tire, but it doesn't it doesn't crop up that often as a problem. Really? Yeah, but when it does, when it does, oh yeah, when it does, it's yeah. a pain in the it's a p a pain in the yeah pt pita. I'm a AAA member, my friends. It's best to be protected. You're not going to change your tire. Uh, it depends where I am, how long it's going to take. I have, actually. Whether changed. you're wearing a, couple a of tires, right, 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 top right. hat or not right. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? My spats! <laughs> I don't want him, you know. Dirtying sullied. of the white gloves. You've sullied my spats, sir! <laughs> Last flat tire I had, the one that I had, I was attempting to change it, and the cops pulled up and said that I couldn't. I was alongside the like, freeway. I don't think you can. No, or, they told me it was against the law. Oh, really? Yeah, they made me stop. Wow. Because so, yeah, I was near uh, on the freeway. So what do you do? I mean, you just drive on the rim? You call you the wait. AAA and wait for them to come or whoever. Tow truck with the flashing yeah. lights, et cetera. And you know, honestly, it's a hell of a lot safer, but it's a little emasculating. And slower. Uh, we got a lot more to come. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Chiefs Raiders last night. Raiders last second play. It was crazy. There were two uh, defensive holding penalties with like no time on the clock, and so they had an untimed play and they threw a touchdown, won the game. Oh, really? Well, the the extra point won the game. Uh, wow. And I, I'm a guy who doesn't follow the NFL anymore, but and Marshawn Lynch pushed a ref. Yeah, he ran on the field and tried to fight a guy and pushed a ref. Wow. Out of his mind, and then was in the stands after getting ejected, which I'm pretty sure he'll get fined for. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He, I didn't know that. He put on a hoodie. Was kind of he was trying to be incognito, but some <laughs> some fan saw him. I wish we had time to talk about that because it's really funny. But we got this email. Um, I'm going to be very vague. I was asked to to protect the identity of the person involved, and we have never had a whistleblower or source get in trouble for uh, sending us information because we try to be very very careful yeah. with it. Um, and so if you ever see something in government or whatever you think ought to be exposed, please do pass it along to us and we'll uh, take care of you. 
Uh, never, I, ne- I never thought I would hear an American fighting man say, God bless the French, but blank does blank in the military and arrived at the same base in Africa as the fellows killed in Niger, um, well, at, at some point before the mission, they arrived at the base. Um, as soon as this team arrived, word was the commanding officer is way over his head and been, had been promoted beyond his ability. Hmm. When the S hit the fan, the commander froze. As soon as word got back to the base about the ambush, every operator began to gear up, including the French. Well, while this person was doing an equipment check, one of the French operators said to him, don't bother, your general doesn't fight. My nephew was told to stand his team down, sure enough, and they had to watch the French quick reaction force go to the aid of an American team in trouble. Then he describes um, a, 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 a relative who's in the Navy who came home, hadn't seen him for a long time, and they were talking, and he realized they were talking about the Stalin-era purge of the Soviet military in the 30s. And he asked him, why are you talking about that? And they said, well, we're kind of comparing it. Most of the fighting general officers in the last eight years or so have been reassigned, pigeonholed, or forced to retire, and that politically correct general officers who cooperated with the last administration were being promoted far beyond their abilities. Hence, we have officers who freeze up ships that run aground or collide with cargo ships, etc. That's just uh, a couple of fighting men's opinions. Right. Could be uh, just their particular anecdotal experiences, or it could be systemic. Yeah, they could have nailed it perfectly. I don't know. And griping is part of the armed services and always has been. At the same time, the fact that this person arrived at the base in Africa was immediately told, boy, are you in for it? The, The guy running the place has no idea what he's doing. Um, well, I, I certainly think if uh, John Kelly is in charge of getting to the, the bottom of what happened and why it happened and constantly reviewing and investigating what our troops are doing overseas and how they're doing it, I'm, I'm hoping they'll discover that. But I found that interesting. <clears throat> yeah, and the other part of that is still coming out, still being investigated, and there might be a lot more to come on the story, is why are we there and what are we doing anywho? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure that's going to be. I don't. I don't share your your feeling. Maybe it's because I missed something. I don't know. It's it's one of many African well, countries where we're trying to deny a safe haven to Islamic fundamentalists. John McCain is the chair of the uh, Armed Services Committee. He should be as knowledgeable as anybody, and he is very unhappy with the lack of information he's getting about what the missions are and how it was handled and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just taking his word for well, it. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not entitled to any information, so yeah. I, I'm not dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking his word for it. No, that, I, I, I totally hear you. He, I just he feels feel... like that they're in the dark on on what the missions are and and how it was handled and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's interesting weird. from his perspective. I'm yeah. hearing uh, Democrats uh, trying to make partisan hay with the whole thing, and I'm responding to that. I totally get why we have troops in all those countries, but if there are unanswered questions, well, by God, answer them. How much time have we got, Michael? Got about a minute 30. That's enough time, because I want to make sure we got this on one more time. This is the 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 dumbass, um, and I mean dumbass. She is a dumbass. Congresswoman from Florida. Ah, yes. And At the heart of the whole uh, 
Gold Star family call, that gal. And her response to the amazing General Kelly uh, speech yesterday. This is how she responded. You mean to tell me that I have become so important (laughs) that the White House is following me and my words? This is amazing. It's amazing. That is absolutely phenomenal. I have to tell my kids that I'm a rock star now. (laughs) That's her response to the heartbreaking, moving speech uh, General Kelly gave. That is incredible. Just incredible. And did, do we have her other little bout of eloquence? The dog can bark at the moon all night long, but it doesn't become an issue until the moon barks back. What are you talking about, crazy person? That whole laugh and I'm a rock star thing, that is just, oh my God. Who are the good people that voted her in to that district? And her hat, her wacky hat. Politics is disgusting. It really is. How many out of the 535 are like her? I hope not too many. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.